start. Sooners of Oklahoma 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Barry and Max Show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And alongside me, former Sooner, wide receiver, 2000 national champ, Mr. Damian Mackey. How are we doing today, D-Mac? Going on, B. Doing well, man. Uh, you know, I actually kind of miss it, right? Off season, we're not doing it as much. We don't have a pregame and a postgame. And it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of, my blood is getting back to the point of wanting to be uh, in the game, in the arena. And so some stuff happening this spring. Obviously, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the things that uh, are happening in practice and, and what's kind of the culture going on with the squad. But uh, I'm blessed, man. I, I, I by the way, I want to say something real quick. I want to say something. Unrelated, if you ain't an entrepreneur in 2023, for whoever's listening to this, listen, if you love your job, you like your job, whatever, you got a degree and you want to use it, I got two of them and ain't using either of them. I got one in finance and I got one in educational, urban educational leadership. I'm not using them. I did leverage relationships. Man, 2023 post-pandemic, what's happening with the U.S. dollar and all the shenanigans that are happening, you want to be in control and as, as much as you can versus having a job that uh, I don't care, good, bad, or indifferent. Just FYI, add entrepreneurship to your, to your toolkit, your tool belt. And by the way, if you're looking for a place to, to figure that out, holler at your boy, shoot me a tweet, shoot me a DM. I can recommend you to some good places to go. Let's dive in. I just want to do that shout out because I, I've been having a lot of conversations with people in my personal life and my professional life around that B. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, man, I'm so thankful that someone else isn't, you know, qualifying what my time, my, my time times income in terms of value is going to be right. I'm in control of that. And it uh, definitely has been a blessing. Yeah, man. Well, you know, we, we don't really talk about that a whole bunch on here, but you know, you, you and I both have, uh, kind of taken that that route and for those who have not it can definitely seem daunting but it only seems daunting until you're in it and and you start doing the work and you figure out just how uh how fulfilling it is when when your effort and your um your actions are what dictates your value and your worth and when you have other people deciding that for you, you will t- two things we know. One, uh, people make way less money than they should because they don't negotiate their first salary. That is a huge, huge mistake uh, that a lot of people make, regardless of wh- what industry you're in. Like the numbers just say most people are underpaid for, for what they are doing. That's what companies want to do. Uh, salaries are a big expense. Um, And the other piece is you're not valued the way you value yourself. And man, just the the thing that I noticed when I went full jump into not having a boss was how even though I felt like I was putting more work in, it also felt like I got my time back because my time wasn't for somebody else. And, and I, man, that just cannot be understood. I, I think that's super important. You know, we don't really talk about that, but it's especially post COVID, man, like post COVID people were companies didn't care. Other yep. people still gave themselves bonuses, but they said, you know, employees hit the road and, you know, you're kind of leaving yourself out there, but came here to hear some football and the Sooners are well underway into the uh, end of the spring. They, they've been go- getting after it, DMAC, and a lot of stories and uh, kind of hoopla coming out. Um, there's been varying reports. We've also um, added our uh, viewpoint over there on 360, uh, varying reports on how the offense is doing, how the defense is doing, the offensive line is looking like compared to the defensive line. And we've gone over what spring is and you've pointed out that it is not fall camp that you've got guys maybe a little lower on the depth chart who are getting opportunities 
But before we uh, preview the outside backers and uh, DNs today, I wanted to ask you a little bit about kind of the team culture piece. And I have a follow-up question after we kind of dive into this. You're going from year one to year two. There was a massive culture shift in the way things are handled day to day, right? It's not just a different coach, different voice in the room. It is a different way of doing things, uh, a different standard in the weight room, we know for sure, right? But but likely a different standard in the film room, a different standard with how you take care of your body, a different standard in punctuality and showing up on time and being at the stuff you need to be at. And you're coming you're into, you have a coach who came from a program like Clemson where they were about it when it came to kind of being on your P's and Q's. You know, they they put OU players in suits, uh, enough of the kind of track gear. They they set a precedent that you're now seeing players who were from, you know, it, a part of that culture previously. Uh, you have a good mix. Obviously, everybody kind of knows the story, but uh, I want your perspective on you've now had guys BV has recruited being brought into the program. And you have guys who were there previously for a long time under Coach Riley. What is it that that is going to make that continue to work so that the team can function at a high level? And are are we probably to expect some dissension to to continue to happen from time to time? You know, especially as the guys are going at it day to day. Um. Yeah. You know couple of things are, you know, uh, will predict what's going to happen with the team. And so I think the number one thing, the most important thing, you know, they say, they say um, bad teams have no leadership. Good teams have, you know, the, the, the coaches are good leaders, championship teams, the, the guys are the best leaders. Right. And so the first thing you hope to have in a scenario like this is really strong senior leadership. Uh, the everyone's been with BV over a year. And they they've been with Coach um, Schmidt over a year. They've had the same position coaches, ex- except for the receiver coaches, going over a year now. They've been through an off season. They've been through a summer. They've been through a spring ball. And so now this is the year where you want to see some exponential growth. And you know, in order for your crops to grow, you got to pull some weeds. That's just what it is. If you leave the grounds full of weeds and 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 riffraff and and don't till them and turn them over and and, and you know get that part going you're not going to have the success. And I vividly remember uh, first when Bob came his very first year, 33 guys left. But what more people don't talk about is how many guys left after the 99 season when we went seven and five and didn't stick around for the championship caliber behavior we had in the year 2000. Right. And so when I look at this, this season and really just, just the spring in general, number one, spring is hard. I think people try to minimize spring. Spring is hard and spring is a different type of hard than summer and or fall camp and then obviously season. But spring spring is hard because you got to get ready every practice and there isn't a game on Saturday. Spring is hard because it's it's a it's a season where um, even ones and twos, ones and twos, unless you are the bona fide guy like threes and fours who during the season don't really get a chance, right? Let me, let me give you an example. Like a Mark Clayton in the spring after the national champion, imagine the national championship game, Savo's coming back, Fagan's coming back, Norman's coming back, Mackey's coming back, Wolfolk's coming back. We had a guy named Ryan Daniel. He was a on the cusp guy. A um, couple of the guys, right? Well, imagine you going in the spring, the next, you know, 2001 spring, and then all of a sudden, Mark Clayton and Brandon Jones are, are whooping ass. So it's like guys who during season, you don't even think about them because they're over there with the red shirts and or the scout team. Like there's very few people who move up and down between all. You either got to suck your way out of a position as a one or a two or like it. I don't even you know, it's, it's almost unprecedented. There's got to be injuries and a ton of luck for you to go from scout team to, to, to look team um, during the fall spring. You can come out anywhere. I guess my story, I was fourth team going into the first scrimmage 
I never was lower than a 1A, 1B the rest of my career. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, what was JT Thatcher thinking? It was his turn, right? Michael Jackson was a senior thinking it was his turn. You know, JJ's coming back and JJ was entrenched pretty much, but here comes fall. I, I passed both of those guys up. JT moved on to, to safety and, and, and Mike was my backup. And by the way, I stay in touch with Mike to this day, track guy, super fast quarter mile guy. But um, so so that part of spring is difficult. It's difficult. You're a junior. You were a one B. You got, you know, you got 30 percent of the snaps in the games. You're thinking you're, you're you're the person you were playing with or, you know, with and against. Right. The guy you're competing with for reps graduated or whatever transferred out. You thinking you got a spot and then boom, Dayson is here and you're like, what? Boom. Bothrod is here and you know what I'm saying like your spot all of a sudden your grinds your whomever is like yo am I even going to see the field so that part about spring people don't think about it's a part of the game okay there's that right then I think the unprecedented of last season and us losing you know Bob never lost Bob came and went and never had a losing season ever never Brent was with him from day one Brent knows what the foundation is that was built. And then obviously his year one, he didn't have the same type of season, you know, Bob did very close. In fact, right. A couple of games we lose, we probably should have won. West Virginia comes to mind. Tech comes to mind, right? Those are games that we really down the stretch gave the games away. K-State is another one that if, if, if things are just a little different, we probably could win those games. Um, but that's undue pressure or, or, or it's, it's, it's pressure that Coach Coach V probably hasn't had to feel before. It's just different pressure, which means that trickles down to the assistant coaches, that trickles down to the ops team, that trickles down to the to 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 the weight room, to the strength staff, right? That that trickles down to everybody in the program because they know there's a little bit of weight there. And so with that, you got coaches who are like, okay, do some coaches are going to err on the side of being more conservative and some coaches are probably going to err on the side of being a little more radical you look at you look at the d-line we can expect radical differences in personnel coming into this next season right coach bates coach uh um uh, 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 the rest of those guys on the d-line coach chavis they they can't just say yo we just go line up with grimes and 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 downs again, and, and they're going to improve dramatically year four. Like, that's not likely. So they've got to be more radical in their approach, right? Whereas Levy, and you got this five-star kid who, from all reports, people are hearing that he is not, you know, if he's not ma- if he's not better than, he's matching Dylan in practice. But, like, is he going to be radical or is he going to take the safe approach, right? So they're they're dealing with that, that, that dynamic as well, where it's like, yo, the coach has got to make these decisions and and. This ain't this ain't a year where we can afford to have half the season go by before we make a decision and we got two L's that we could have had dubs and, and that'd be the case. So you do with that. But I think the last thing uh it'd be is, you know, if you don't have great seniors, that's a big problem. Seniors have a lot of sway. Seniors, seniors are the guys who recruited. Let me here's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Here's something that let me and and when I I got injured. I was the primary recruiter. I, if I if I if I gave you the list of guys that I recruited because I was a guy and I was from Cali and I had a nice car and the coaches knew I was a, an intelligent like I got I I hosted Tommy Harris. I I hosted all the five star guys. Like I hosted Vontez Duff. Like I hosted a ton of of the, the, the Lance Mitchell. Those guys were my you know I was their I was their host. A lot of the juniors and seniors were these guys recruiters, you know, they they earned a lot of respect, right? These, these freshmen and sophomore are going to listen to what they say. And if there's some cancer, right, if there's some pussies, right, if there are some guys who create, you know what I'm saying, drama, and those were the guys who, when Link was the head coach, they were some of the leaders who kind of feel like they still deserve and or have some of that power, that's going to be a huge, that's going to be a huge problem. You use the word dissension. I like to use the word discord because dissension means there's a long-term issue. And if that's the case, that's a huge problem. I, I think it's healthy for there to be some dissonance, right? There to be some discord, some, 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 some areas where there's friction. There needs to be friction. I hope some of the younger guys and or transfer ends are like, nah, bro, that ain't how we move. We, we got championship behavior. If we got victim you know, uh, uh, a demonize, right. You know, that, that kind of behavior, 
that could be a problem down the road. And, and so when you're thinking about the culture of the team, um, you know, you want to make sure as a coach, you have a very clear picture for what your, your, your guys are doing in terms of your, your staff. You have a very clear picture of what the goal is for the program in terms of the coaches and all the support staff. And then you got a good temperature check on your seniors, because I'm just telling you, like, if, if, if hype and chief chief team Marshall would have been like, nah, man, this is some bullshit. Coach Spurry or Coach Spurry and Coach Schmidt and, and, you know what I'm saying? Coach Stoops. And if, if they were having those conversations as red shirts, we would, we would have thought, like, huh, hype ain't no punk. Why would hype say that? We would have questioned it without a doubt. Now, we also wasn't going to go for no shenanigans, but like to think that the seniors don't have clout and sway and say in those areas, I'm just here to tell you, like, that's something that I, 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 I am very intrigued by knowing are, you know, are the studs and the downs, right? Uh, uh, the Rames, you know, some of the guys who've been around the block a, a couple of years. Are they 100% bought in or are they lukewarm fence sitters? Man, let me ask you this because uh, this is something that gets talked about and it is a different coaches have different philosophies, right? Uh, At every level, youth, high school, middle school, JV, college, pro, whatever you're coaching. Uh, We see a certain style that works in the NFL that doesn't work in college when it comes to approach. Right. We see, you know, some guys at the high school rank who get up to college and that quite doesn't work. Right. That they got a a lot of them sometimes end up going back to high school. Not that they're bad coaches. It's just it's not a um, it's not a fit. So so let me ask you this and also recognize. Let me backtrack a little bit. I recognize that it, it matters as to which coach we're talking about. So your, your position coach relationship is going to be different than your head coach, obviously, right? The, your relationship with the analysts is going to be probably a little bit different than it is with the position coach, right? It's just, it's the way things work. There's a hierarchy to the system. Here's the question. We see guys like Kirby Smart. We see guys like Nick Saban. Um, we've seen guys in the past, you're, you're Paul Bear Bryant's if you want to go way back then. Um, and even the guy who coached you, Coach Bob Stoops. Yes, indeed. Is, is it important for your head coach and other coaches uh, kind of at that, the top of the rung? So I guess your, your OCs in that regard, do they need to be liked by the players? Is that an important factor? Liked? liked in other I'm words sorry, I, the, the way yeah yeah so genuinely, okay go I got, I got a clarifying question so are because i need to distinguish something liked or not disliked uh, unpack that, that a little bit okay uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, unpack I that. will. i will sure because first things first bob didn't give a damn if we liked him you know what i'm saying so like that whole relationship in a sense of like him caring if we liked him, we un- we overstood that day one. Bob's like, yo, I'm here to win championships. Like that's that's the conversation starts and stops. So it made it very clear to us it was business. Okay. So we already like in context versus a, a Blake who it was very important to him to be a big brother, uncle, father figure. And 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 like I think it did mean more to him that we liked like that. If the appearance of us liking him was important to coach Blake, God rest his soul. Right. But now I say all that to say we liked coach Dukes. So you, you see how you see how you see how he did that. Like we liked, we, he, he set the program up in a way and I'll kind of unpack that for you. He set the program up in a way, which I think is genius as a dad. And, you know, I was a high school principal and kind of had to, got to be the bad cop and the good cop. So I kind of learned the psychology of, of all that, that part, you know, Hey guys, I'm no nonsense. If you come in here with some problems, look, don't ask for no help from me. Like that was always my day one conversation. And then of course, anecdotally one-on-one, right. We develop relationships and trust and so on and so forth. So when it came to coach Stoops, coach Stoops always, and this is why I thought it was genius that coach V brought Schmitty back. Coach Schmitty, coach, coach Stoops, let Schmitty be back up. And it was genius. It was effective. Um, 
And and I, I think I've said this on the pod before, right? Coach 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 Stoops would be like, "Look, here's the deal. I run this mug. I'm the you know I'm the head ball coach. I'm the I'm the head man in charge. There's one man who, if you screw up with him, <laughs> I ain't saving you." Nashmitty. I mean, flat out, that's what it was. And so it, he knew that the physicality and really the culture building part, we put the culture of Schmitty. We saw Schmitty's 80% of the time practice and film in season. It was, it was 50, 50, 60, 40. Right. But, but outside of in season, it was 80, 20. So, you know, coach Stoops effectively put himself in a position where if you didn't have a beef with Schmitty and, and, and you were doing your job, Coach Schmitty was going, I mean, I mean, Coach Stoops was going to play pool with us. He was going to play ping pong with us. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he I think it was very smart of him to uh, verbally tell us, like, don't look for me to be Papa or homie, whatever. But his nonverbal consistently showed us that he cared and, and he didn't have to articulate it. It always, his presence brought that with him. You know, I told you before, like Stoops is the guy you're a freshman and you start balling, you start having some success, you know, and you're getting on the truck, you know, you're getting on the, uh, the, uh, the bus traveling bus. When you, when we used to travel, we had to dress up. We didn't get the suits like BB, but we didn't wear, right. We didn't wear sweats. We had to, we had to dress up. I like that coach Stoops let us do our own swag. If you wanted to wear the t-shirt with a gold chain, you know, you know what I'm saying? He let us move. Oh, wow. Move. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You just had to be dressed sharp and no jeans and no okay. tennis shoes. So if, if you, had on some 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 chinos or slacks or or or, or Easter Sunday suit, he wasn't tripping. And but the, the clown show was, was was crazy. But Coach Stoops, I would just always peep him. You know, I had a couple successful games my freshman year, back to back. I think I scored touchdowns in a couple of games in a row or something. And Coach, Stoops, okay, D Mac, I see. And like he just made you. You know, he would he would edify you appropriately to make you feel like somebody. And and he may not talk to you for a week outside of. X's and O's and or what's needed to be talked about in football, but you remembered it because because he didn't just fawn over the players and make us feel like, you know, he had to always, you know, give us compliments when he gave you one, when he paid you one, you respected it. So just kind of unpacking that part, I don't think he cared so much or he didn't. He told us he didn't care, but he showed us in a lot of different ways that he did care as it relates to your original question. I don't think it matters that guys like their coach in order to create championship culture. In fact, guys liking their coach too much could be a detriment to championship culture because we often see people in the way we act and react when emotions are involved. Sometimes we make the bad decision, the wrong decision, whether it's a relationship, family member, Right. You name it. When you start getting too over emotional, hyper emotional, that's probably not a good thing where at the end of the day, look, you might have two coaches on the sideline who are co-defensive coordinators cussing each other out while you're up 15 playing against your arch rival. But that dissonance and discord was needed for the team to get where they needed to get to to win that game. So, Mm. you know, that that's kind of how I look at that. Yeah, I mean, in this new age of coaching and f- philosophies, you you see it a lot um, at at different levels where it, it's coaches almost wanting, and I'm sure it was probably around when when you were playing. Obviously, you talk about that with Coach Blake, but it's this idea that you know the kind of that tough, no nonsense mentality isn't effective and all that. I, I still think to a certain extent it is effective when it's done for the right reasons. And kind of, kind of within the right uh, kind of confines that, that there's some 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 rope as to how far you are taking that. Otherwise, players won't come to your program if if they hear too many too many negatives, right? Unless you're a place like Alabama, but even you hear Alabama being discussed and guys talk about Saban and having you know a disdain for the spring and a disdain for the summer, but when they leave that program. You hear guys like Will Anderson talk kind of like how you talk about Stoops. It's very glowing. And it's the the same idea as, you know, when you're a kid, you don't recognize all these valuable lessons you might not be, you might be learning at the time. And then you hit 25, 30, 35, and, and now you're, you're seeing those things and have some perspective on them. Uh, but, but I think, I think sometimes people take the, uh, 
the the liking thing I've, I've seen it kind of circulated on twitter is you know is it going to run players off or are players going to be upset over that but I, I think you touched on uh some good points man people want to hear your thoughts um uh, our thoughts on the uh defensive end and outside linebacker position at Oklahoma uh, of all of the messages that I got some of the comments on what to talk about next after we uh hit safeties and middle backer the number one thing was outside backer cheetah as well as defensive end that was what the folks wanted to hear we've already previewed the dns over on 360 and we'll touch on some of the uh some of the uh things that we talked about over there new faces dmac in the in the lineups we'll go defensive end first uh since there's quite a few new faces there um sooners bring in bothroyd as we know sooners bring in trace ford at oklahoma state who i was you know quite a fan of uh they add on the recruiting uh, trail uh pj adabare you've still got ethan downs there reggie grimes marcus stripling uh, a number of faces that people know, but also quite a few new faces. Um, I'm personally a fan of Ford. I, I think Bothroyd's going to make a pretty significant impact. And I think the fans have gone crazy over, over PJ since they saw photos of him in, in a Sooner uniform on their uh, photo day. But I want to ask you this question first. Sure. And, and, I, and I asked kind of this on the safety side, but this one's maybe a little easier to answer. Will the two edge positions, the the two guys who walk out there this fall, will they be players that who start? Will they be players who started last season? Snap one. Snap or, one. Snap uh, one. Uh, Downs will be a one A one B. Downs will be okay. in the mix. Downs will be in the. And by the way, this is my opinion. Right? I, you know, Downs will. Be, you know, it's, it's interesting. We talked about this so much during the season, right? We're like, mm-hmm. Brian is a mental. I'm just gonna be candid. A mental midget. Like, dude needs to get out of his head and go be a you know Tarzan because he's shaped. He, he should be an NFL dude. He should. He, that's what he should be. So something's going on if he's not. He's got. We've seen him use it too much, and then we've seen him disappear. Downs is a. Uh, a depth guy. Downs is a guy who, if he has to play 35 snaps and can give max effort and and can be a guy who can make a play, you know, when he's not exhausted because he's playing 60, 70 snaps a game, I think Downs is a guy who's a value add to your defense. But Downs is not at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, he, he just shouldn't be your best guy or dominant one. He just shouldn't be. That lets us know depth was bad. So. The answer to your question is yes and no. Um, listen, Bothrod is just going to be something we haven't had since like a Frank Alexander. Like he's going to bring a level of, you know what I'm saying, dominance, professionalism, experience that we just haven't had in a while. It's going to be, you know, I mean, obviously we have Perk and those guys, but Perk was just an NFL dude. I don't know that Bothrod is going to, you know, be a guy who just like, dominates with talent consistently he's just going to hold his edge he's going on third and seven the quarterback's not going to have four seconds to be uninterrupted in the pocket he's going to either force a hold make the quarterback step out step up flush him out the pocket right he's going to be a a a guy who we can depend on to go beat a guy one-on-one but then you got the ford kid and word on the street is he's limited in practice uh we've seen some stuff on twitter uh salute to the guys doing video and all that stuff um that's posted online. Uh, he's just built different. He's got that lower half of his body that looks like more like a track athlete. You can see there's some explosion, and you could probably speak to that better than me. But his bottom half looks like a like a like, not even like a fullback's bottom half. It's like a, it's like a bigger tailback, right? He's a guy who looks like if he needs to go get money, he'll make money. And then of course. You don't recruit yep. five stars who dominate in all American games against some of the best players in America like PJ did and don't expect him to make a splash. So at DN, when when you take Downs, who I think he got honorable mention or second team all Big 12 last year by by some publications, and now he's your fourth dude. 
Now, your fourth dude could be a guy who specializes in stopping the run on early downs. Your fourth dude could be a guy who on obvious passing downs goes into a three tech and and has to beat a guard versus beat a tackle. Right. So we don't I don't want him. I don't want people to think, oh, Mackie's saying like the fourth dude's still a dude. You know what I mean? And I think it's a great place for him to be, assuming we stay healthy and guys continue to progress, where Downs is now a guy who can have five sacks, you know, 36 tackles, seven for a loss. And he's even more valuable because he's only playing, you know, 60% of the snaps he played last year and he could bring it because he's an effort guy. He's made a ton of plays on effort. He's just gassed because he's playing, you know, three, 14 play drives a game and he's the only guy they can roll out there. So give me, give me, give me Bothroy for sure on the strong side. I think, um, I, I think Downs is really the backup strong side DN, but he plays some weak side to give versatility as he can play both sides of the ball. Um, I think that uh, PJ is a guy who we will find packages. He, we will have packages for him, that young man to go out there and get money. And then of course, Trace Ford's a guy when he's healthy. I'm just telling you the rumors and things that I've heard is he has the way he moves through um, uh, when they do ladders, they do ropes, like he moves different than the rest of the guys. And they're excited about that when they do pass rushing sets and they're doing their figure eights and all that stuff. Like he has a level of explosion. The other guys don't have. And here's the thing that validates some of the uh, translating to on the field. He's strong as hell in the weight room. So when you're strong as hell in the weight room and you're not 19, you know, like, is this guy going to stand straight up or be scared? You know what I'm saying? Like he's not a 19 year old kid. He's, he's, Mm. he's played against some tackles. You know what I'm saying? But he's a dog in the weight room and he's got that explosion. Sign me up for, for uh, stock going up. And the DN making a huge difference um, come this football season. Yeah, and obviously got to mention our Mason Thomas too. Uh, oh, you know, kind of my, my, Mike! I can't believe I, I didn't mention him oh. on the first round. Oh, but him too, man. So you you touched on something that we I talked about this a, a year ago, and this has been my experience in that when your team has too many players who are not guys seeing the field being your leaders and best lifters in the weight room, there, there's usually not a, it's usually not a good sign, right? A, a lot of times, especially at the high school ranks, it's very common, but it also is common at the, at the college and NFL level. A lot of times your best players are guys who maybe not, the, they're, they're not the leader in every lift, but don't be surprised if your best backer has the best power clean, right? Or, or if your best defensive end squats the most weight. The, if you have this thing where your your last guy on the bench is the, the strongest guy at that position, <laughs> usually that's not a good sign. Um, and we've heard just too many stories the past few seasons where the best bencher was a guy who never saw the field, right? And, and that's not necessarily something you want to hear. Um, on Ford, you brought it up. The level of athleticism that this position group has garnered in one offseason, that in and of itself is going to improve performance on the field. Just the ability to get to their spots. How many, how many just easy snaps did offenses have a year ago where that edge position in just basic run plays wasn't even a factor. And if you just make that position not a weakness, let's just be average at that position, you probably win two more games easily. It it was a major, major factor. And now you add in the ability to have a little bit of depth. Um, I, I don't think it can be oversold that that the, the position group is going to be better. You know, we're, we're hoping that for a lot of other spots, um, outside backers, we're going to talk about in a second. But I think Edge is probably, no, it was probably the most important position that they got resolved. And we saw that in the transfer portal. They were very aggressive at that spot. You know, a little less aggressive at, at linebacker seemed to be, you know, they went out and did, they did get a uh, Reggie Pearson at safety kind of on the back end. Um, and then Dolby kind of the, the Juco guy 
but they wanted to get guys, right? And going and getting a Bothroyd out of Wake who has made an impact. Um, who at the end of the season do you think leads the team in sacks um, at the edge spot? J- just your edge guys. If Trace Ford's healthy, it's Trace Ford. If Trace Ford is not healthy, it's it. Here, here, <laughs> somebody posted a stat, and it's a stat. I, I, we talked about this stat because I, I was just so blown away by it. We had like 13 sacks first three games of the season or two in Nebraska. We were like number two in America, like in, 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 in uh, plays behind the line of scrimmage. I believe we were number one or number two in America, right? And then we go on a streak mm-hmm. where we get like five sacks in five games or something like it was just astronomical um and and so you know you look at that piece if pj gets a chance to play early and can rack up some early sacks in the season i'm just telling you uh when when i you know when i when i uh use my spider senses or communicate with folk who i know know what's going on on a day in day out basis he can do things the other guys can't do including trace board now, he is a kid who's going to have to learn some of the nuances of the position. And he's a strong guy, but he's also don't have grown man strength yet. Right. So he's still got his adolescent strength versus being, you know, someone who is a grown man. But I wouldn't bet against him. But Barry, I actually got to apologize, man. RMT is, is having a great spring. He's put on 20 pounds of muscle. He 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 was a younger freshman last year so not only was he a freshman he was a younger freshman he's a guy in two years uh, and and I, I can't take credit i gotta give you the credit i mean i didn't even know who he was when you brought him up the first time you, you remember i think it was episode two maybe episode two or three yep. you him. i was like who the hell are you talking about he's an nfl guy he's an, i mean he has some more growing to do and obviously uh, that's speculation and, and based on potential today but it, it's good for us to have a cupboard of of, of edge esque players who are potential NFL dudes. Bothway's going to be a guy who teams are going to be looking at, especially if he ascends from a Wake Forest DN to a, uh, an OU DN this year. PJ, I think, is a guy we can all really just forecast to say if he if he does what he's supposed to do. Trace Ford is a guy who injuries will make teams question a little bit, but if he goes and have a double digit sack season, which I think he's the guy, right? I think I think Ford's the guy, assuming he stays healthy that you can pretty much say, hey, he has the ability and the experience to go get 11, 12 sacks, to go get, you know, you know, 17 tackles behind the line of scrimmage when you include sacks and, and you know, t- uh, a TPL to tackles for losses. So it's good to have that. But RMT, listen, man, RMT is a guy who I think with the ads and the transfers and then, the you know, you got Grimes and, 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 and uh, Downs who were ahead of him last season. He's a guy. Uh, the word on the screen is is the strength, the discipline, the, the work ethic, and he's got tools. They loved, they thought he was the best pure pass rusher last year. He just was a little kid and and undersized. Year two, uh, man, I tell you what, that, that's that's crazy, right? Because he's a he's a he's a weak side DN for sure. Today he's a he's a, he's a weak side DN. Trace, I think, I think. I think Trace is that position. You know, again, Downs has the flexibility to probably play both in his fourth year in the program. Bothwood is 100% a strong side DN. At Grimes, it'll just be interesting to see um, what he decides to do with himself because, I mean, I mean, he's a stud physically and, and he, the results just don't match. But uh, fun group, right? I think you're right. I think that's one of the groups that has – the highest ceiling and the highest floor. I, I believe they have a high ceiling and a high floor with the insertion of talent plus the additions of uh, and transfers. So, uh, uh, man, you, you, I, I think it's I think it's Ford. I think it's Ford, and then at two, I would go with uh, Bothroyd and or Peter. Or can I get an or in there? RMT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like Lincoln Riley's depth chart. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I, the, the out of war, I think will have an impact. I mean, the, the, at that edge spot, I mean, you kind of know better than I, but you know, it's a little bit different responsibility wise. You can pick and choose where you position guys, you know, down in distance. And there's, it's not necessarily something where he's got to play the entire series. If he's a great pass rusher and his length is a problem, 
in third and, you know, medium to third and long, you just put them out there and tell them to go get it, you know, and, and utilize that and go, uh, go put some good film on out there. Um, another position group hoping to put on some good film is outside backer. Uh, we're going to throw in the uh, kind of the, the Sam or cheetah spot here as well. Last year, you know, we talked about it at the mic spot. Fans had a lot to say about linebacker. I'm going to let you lead off first again on this. That there's been talk of where guys move, how this puzzle is going to work. Does Stutzman go down inside? Does Stutzman stay outside? You know, what do they do with Deshaun? Um, what do they do with, you know, a guy like Witter who's still on the roster, right? He's he's still there supposedly having, you know, I, I guess a, a decent run for from what some of the reports have said. Uh, but a guy who's been on campus for a very, very long time. Uh, you've got Canick who has been, you know, they're kind of positioned him in the middle, but kind of who knows where where that goes. You know, if if we had to play a game today, uh, just to kind of react, because I think we talked about this in the previous one. Who are kind of the 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 cheetah Willie backer positions right now? Who are kind of your two to three guys that that you think are going to fulfill that role? Um, man, you know it's crazy. I got a couple thoughts there. I forgot about Witter. By the way, I liked him. If he can stay healthy, by the way, they mm-hmm. liked him. He's because he was the best athlete with some experience, a little light ass. And uh, if I remember correctly, which I'm having flashbacks, he's missed some tackles too, but he's also made some plays just off sheer talent and, and, and athleticism. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, preface by saying this you know, you got McCullough, uh, Desan in there, and I look at him. We were talking about DNs. He's not a DN, but sooner fans be prepared for to, to see him coming off the edge. Imagine, watch this, Barry. Imagine an edge on third and let me just let me just kind of say the dream real quick. Let me say the dream. Imagine it's third and twelve. Last year it's third and twelve, and we got Grimes and Downs and uh, 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 twenty three at the Cheetah. Which, by the way, best season I would say since his freshman year when he was with Murray. So I'm not hating. No white, right? But how does that sound versus third and twelve? Yeah, Bothwood on the strong side. Let's just say, right? Uh, uh, Downs is is a guy who they let get a little three love, right? So they got a package where Downs is now uh, on on a, a zero or three. Maybe they got two two eyes. Who knows, right? Whatever. Uh, you've got PJ playing the weak side, and then you got Desan playing the second level edge Ooh. as the cheetah coming towards the line of scrimmage. What versatility do you have? What type of pressure can you apply when your three technique can swing around and loop, right? And now all of a sudden be an edge defender and you crash down your end or your cheetah can come and your your, 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 your weak side DN is a guy like PJ who's athletic enough to get into the flats, maybe even carry somebody, right? By the way, they're, they're, this, this is conversations. Don't don't get it twisted that this is like pie in the sky stuff. This is stuff that we legitimately will be able to do with the talent we possess. What if you got Ford on the strong side? We got Ford and PJ. What if we got Bothrod and Ford? So lots and lots and lots of uh, strategic advantages with, with guys who are very quick, strong, and experienced, right? Like And long. Dayson and PJ or Ford? Is going to be problems in the flat. It's going to be problems in the screen game. It's going to be problems for that. That if a K State is going to struggle, because generally K State has a road grader lineman on one side, and they've got a guy. They generally have a good athlete on you know the left tackle or right tackle, depending on how they do their their run pass stuff. But they generally don't have two. And that's you go watch how uh, well right Georgia. That's not that's I mean excuse me K State. TCU, that 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 championship game, they were able to bring pressure from both edges. We get two or three edge defenders, and then you add Desan as a second level. See, Desan's a guy who they are going to allow to play going forward. He 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 he's a he's a great ball player on film, and just what I'm hearing when he has a chance to see ball run and get ball and have minimal responsibility where he has to sink. 
If he has to sink, he's in trouble. He's going to rep it like hell spring. He's going to rep it like hell summer. He's going to rep it like hell in fall because he doesn't want to be a one-way player. He wants to be a two-way player. But when you get into the, the heat of the game, the bullets are flying, third and sixth, you can't scheme around that. We put him in the game. If they know he's coming, stop him. So very excited to hear that. Now, with all that said, I don't think he's the number one cheetah today. The number one cheetah today is Justin Harrington. And I, I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back on that one because a lot of people been talking terrible about the young man. And, and here's the deal. I went to a scrimmage last year in the fall. And, I mean, he looked like Megatron first compared to our other uh, uh, DBs last just in the fall camp. I was like, God dang, who's 37? And then I get a chance to meet him. Guys, he's every bit of 6'3". He's got, he's got arms like a, a monkey. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's – is that right? If I say that, just, just, just. Not if you say it. If I said it, it might, might be problematic. That was, that was, that was, that was, that was tongue in cheek. But, um, tongue in cheek. But, but he's having a great spring. He's in year two. He's in one position. He's your cheetah because he can play in coverage. And, and he also, I don't think, will be a, a huge loss in the, in the, you know, blitz game and kind of mixing it up. Will is interesting. Right. I think so. Sorry, I didn't kind of articulate that clearly. You got Dayson and you got you got Harrington. Those guys are going to be fun to watch as maybe a big cheetah, smaller cheetah, or really kind of like a customized cheetah for Dayson and then really uh, an all everything cheetah for Harrington. Because what I'm hearing is that like they're not going to have him be like a safety slash cheetah. Now the cheetah position plays a safety position sometimes for twelve yards or whatever, but he will be the cheetah in that role, and generally the cheetah is the one coming up. Right. So if they got the three high safety look, the cheetah is generally the guy who's going to jump to 12 and then see the ball and go get it versus the safeties who might be bailing and or clouding or whatever, running strong a week uh, at the snap of the ball. So so that skies cloud, whatever they're going to do. So there's that. Will. Can I give you my honest answer? Honest. No fucking clue. <laughs> I honestly don't know. B. I honestly don't know. Uh, I mean, it's funny you brought up 13, man. And, you know, I'm partial to 13s. But uh, I, I actually hadn't even thought about him. Um, you know, I, I hear things around they want Stutz to be the will instead of the mic. And, and so if that's the case, the easy answer is Stutz, right? Because they want Canik and or the pup to play Mike. Uh, I, if it were me, Stutz, my mic, especially the way he played against FSU and the mic being kind of like the quarterback of the defense, but coach V knows way better than I do how to coach second level defenders. Um, so assuming right Stutz is the, the will, I, I think that's the easy answer. Assuming Stutz is the mic. Um, see in, in my world, Barry, I think Canik is a will. And I think Will is an easier position to teach than Mike. And I think Will is a, a more natural position to uh, not have to deal with as many second-level defenders. You're covered. You got the three technique in front of you, right? There generally isn't a tight end, so you don't have to worry about the tight end coming to crash down on you, right? So you can get through traffic better as a Will and, and go play ball. Um, but I, I I would have Canik at Will. I would put stunts at Mike. I would have Desan on early downs as a as as a cheetah and then i would have packages on later downs where dason and harrington are both in right Th that's just how i would do it it's going to be interesting to see how they do it yeah you, you touched on the thing with uh with dason I, I said this over on the board when he first transferred to oklahoma and they were talking about him at at cheetah and, you know, we saw a year ago just how often, even just going to the bowl game against FSU, how often they had White in coverage, right? Like he's 10, 12 yards off the ball um, where, where you got to be in space. And that was not what he necessarily showcased that he was good at on, on film. To be good in space is a different type of athleticism than to be a long, rangy, explosive, you know, out of that low position edge rusher that that's different than having feet that can get you from A to B when you don't know what's coming, right? It's the ability to handle stuff that, that you, you know what direction you need to go, you know, versus, uh, versus something where you, you don't. Um, touched on Stutzman. I thought in the uh, in the bowl game 
probably the best kind of sideline to sideline ranginess he's shown in his entire career, you know, and that kind of athleticism is valuable if he continues to grow, um, uh, particularly just kind of on the, on the leadership side, the ability to, you know, take the game uh, seriously, you know, to an extent. And he's talked about that himself. Uh, Kip Lewis is another guy in the equation who a year ago flashed. Right. We've we've talked about it on, on 360, you know, about where he stands this season. Is Kip Lewis going to be a factor at either one of those spots, or do you think it's still a little early in his development? Yeah, I think his body is gonna hold him back, especially with the improved numbers and the improved depth uh on campus, Kobe coming along. Um, obviously, Canick being a guy they really want to see succeed, stunts coming back, Desan being a guy who they're probably going to you know, check and see where his versatility lies. But I think Kip is a guy who's earned the right to be a solid two. I don't think the game has to be 40 up or 40 down for him to get reps uh, coming next fall. The problem is he's got to gain 20 pounds. And uh, word on the screen, again, as it relates to him, is that he's a team guy. He works his tail off. He's in the weight room. In fact, he's strong for his size. Uh, He's a he's a um, sub four four guy, right? He's he's a plus 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 athlete at his, um, you know, at his body. And, you know, they say he's a four, four a plus, you know, sub four four guy. He's probably a four five eight guy, right? But even still, at backer, that's that's damn good. I'm just telling you, you're running a four five eight. You're running down running backs in the open field. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he he's just a guy who you can't line up for 40, 40 40 plays and expect the guard to not dominate him by the third quarter. And so uh, I expect to see him doing some big, you know, you know, he reminds me of Clint Ingram. Clint was a guy who wow. was a year and a half. Yeah. Clint was a fun, I mean, he, he was hair on fire. Uh, I mean, I love Clint CI, by the way, shout out to my boy. He played, a, you know, probably played six, seven years in the league. But he was a guy, he was on kickoff team with us. D-Mac, I'm going to beat you down there. Boy, you ain't going to beat me down there. You got to be messed up. And you got to be on the because CI coming. I'm just letting you know. But, you know, 212, his, his first year. And, uh, you know. Was he that light? He was that light? His uh, first year? Yeah, he hit 212. Wow. He was in the teens. He definitely in the teens. He looked. Here's, here's what I will say. I, 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 didn't, I wasn't checking his body weight or whatever. But what I will sure. say is he lined up with his contemporaries, his peers. You could see a drastic difference in, in you know, him. And, and uh, you know, a Teddy, a Lance, you know, he's there with, with Teddy, Lance, Wayne Chambers. I mean, that group of backers, right? There's there's some Gay Ron's there, too, but Gay Ron's 5'9". Um, CI is a guy who, you know, he's a program guy, man. Two, three years in the same program. Schmitty, Bill, you know, he he was a little bro, big bro guy. He's a guy like D-Mac, how y'all like? And he's a guy, he, he knew who, who worked. They, like, that's my little bro. Like, we... He was a backer, but we had a relationship. T-Mac, how y'all doing it? Oh, we doing it like this. What's y'all time? Our time, 23. I'm going to go try to get 23. Boy, you stop. You might do one rep, but you can't do 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, But he was one of those guys. And I, I, I hear Chip is a guy who's he's dialed in in that part of the game. He's not crying and whining and complaining. He's just got, you know, he, he, he's, got a, he's, he's got a phenomenal uh I need to get mine better. His metabolism is phenomenal. I need his metab- I need to borrow his metabolism for about 45 days, get rid of this last 10 pounds. So he's a guy, Barry. I think, I think, I think next year he's he, like, listen, when, when I, you know, have conversations and they're like, yo, Mac, he's a, you know, he going to hit you in the mouth. Yes, sir. No, sir. You know, his times are legit. I think he's a guy that they say, Hey, you build quality depth with guys like him. And then you look for him year three or four. Uh, to be to be a big time player. Yeah, I mean, BV said that his very first press conference, he talked about it being development, and you know, don't be surprised to see guys, you know, year three, year four, yeah. you know, final season, finally, finally making an impact. Uh, man, before we get out of here, uh, your your Lake Show, uh, what, what are you <laughs> thinking, man? <laughs> and then I'll then I'll touch on the thunder. Just wanted to get a little, little oh, that's what, NBA I thoughts. I see what you did there. By the way, SGA, bro, SGA. Did you see man, that? Man. Coast to coast, he took the ball from your boy, and then and then uh, uh, ooh, it was nice. Uh, you know, we gonna we gonna take a day to day. You know, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. 
his efficiency is good, but I, I'm a I'm a nuanced guy, just like I was in football. And he too, and you know, I don't I don't care about I don't care how old he is. Fact of the matter is, like LeBron is lazy on defense, and he doesn't close out. He gives open wide. He gives up wide open threes. He 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 put us in position early in that game in that that uh, playing game where we were behind because his guy was getting wide open threes in the first quarter. It was really the first and second quarter, and they're making them. Like you can't give these guys yeah. threes like they're gonna get pregame in the shootout or you know you know what I'm saying. Like you gotta at least close out some to make them feel your presence, and then of course turn it up second half. But you know. Um, We'll see. Game one, I think, is for the taking. I think it's right for the taking. We recently played. We're, we're generally healthy. Some of our core, you know, D-Lo and the rest of the crew didn't play well. So I think they're going to want to make a poor point. And, and, and Memphis is flawed, man. They lost both of their big guys. And so I think AD, I have an opportunity to, to go. I just want what Shaq said after we won the game. Can we just show some killer instinct? I feel like they like to be behind and then have to make a, a comeback. That ain't gonna work in the playoffs. You gotta go play ball from from first minute. Regarding yeah. your team, I, I'm all I, I'm. Hey man, I, I like watching them play. You know, I Bro, said it. Last, I said it. SGA and 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 what's the what's the what's the Australian Giddy. kids now? Giddy Josh, and, Josh Giddy man. They got a guy who's built like a football player. What's his name? Uh, Darcy so you've got, got Lou Dort, Lou Dort, and then they got yep. the Williams under two Williams, the is that two right? Jalen Williams. You've got Jay Will and Jay Dub. Uh, <laughs> you got Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, who is potentially my, my boy coach the year. My boy was his trim coach. My cousin is the trim no coach. way. Yeah, yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah, he. I mean, he's he he may he's probably not going to beat Palo for rookie of the year. Yeah. But man, he's he's in the conversation. It's amazing. You look at like Houston and where they are today. You know, look at some of these other other uh, you know yeah. NBA organizations, man. And what Presti has been able to do is, uh, I, I was talking about somebody this the other day. If he is in the top twelve uh, in the draft, he is batting one hundred percent. He gets the the worst top twelve pick he has had. Was Stephen Adams, who was a you know a, he was the twelfth pick, and he's been a eight, nine, ten year NBA guy, but he's just hit on so many of these guys, his ability to draft. But it, it all comes down to SGA. I actually think they get it done against the Timberwolves. Uh, curious to see tonight, you know what Rudy Gobert does. I actually think they're better without Rudy Gobert on the floor. Um, I don't know if McDaniel's is playing. I don't think he is. Um, he has, he's out. So, and he has, I think he's top five in minutes against the top wings in the league. And if you're missing a guy like that who plays defense and you don't have that guy to, you know, take out shade to, to cover giddy, who's got a lot of length. That's very deceptive. You know, this team is built different than the uh, KD Russ Harden team, man. They're, they're built with a, uh, a little more versatility on offense kind of hurt the heart the other day here in KD say, uh, it's like, man, I wish I had seven guys who could handle the ball to shoot back when I played. And yeah, so hurt the soul a little bit, man, but the thunder, they're going to be playing tonight. Hopefully they can get it done and, uh, get in there. I really think the Lakers have a legitimate chance to beat Memphis. I really, really do. Um, I think Memphis has had some serious struggles this year. They've had some rough patches and is the chemistry all the way there? You know, is um, what's his name, Dylan uh, Dylan Brooks? Is he going to be, you know, a uh, dirt bag at Oregon? I saw him them playing a Pac ten. I was just watched a Pac ten game. He was a dirt bag. Yeah. I said, "Who's buddy playing low key dirty?" Is same guy. <laughs> By the way, he was balling. <laughs> Can't hate. He was balling. Yeah, he was playing well. He's a good player. He's a good player. Well, DMAC, good stuff as always, man. Um, any quick thoughts before we uh, jump out of here today? Nah, man, just uh, looking forward to seeing the team continue to grow. Uh, you know, rumors on the screen about this and that. Listen, guys, football is a competitive game where you got to have ego. You got to want to, you got to want it. Guys are going to be competing. There's going to be some times where, you know, everybody ain't going to be best friends and, Here's what I'll say about that. When you 
when you become, when you quit at something, you become a quitter. You learn how to do it. It's a learned behavior. So, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we operate in a co- way in capacity where we're not going to let quitters stop. We're going to keep rocking and rolling. And uh, the, the Oklahoma Sooner program, man, it is bigger than one coach. It's bigger than one player. It, it's, it's a machine. And uh, they're moving in the right direction. What I hear is that the, the players are excited and having a great time. They working their ass off, uh, <laughs> sometimes to a fault. Comes with the territory at a place like Oklahoma, uh, but nah, I think all, all I think all is well in Norman. I expect those guys to continue to develop and be ready to go. Ten wins, ten wins is the minimum standard come August, and I think all the fans would would agree with that. We got to have a, a big, we got to have a four game swing in the win loss column and uh, get ourselves back to what we deserve to be. Love it, D-Mac. Uh, well, man, we're, uh, well, I think we actually have a hundred published episodes over there on the, on the podcast page, but you know, this will be episode 42. It's crazy how quickly that happens, man. We're going to be at a hundred before you know it. Uh, Basuna Nation, keep on listening. Make sure you go leave us a rating and review everywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Barry and Mac SHW. Go follow D-Mac at D underscore Mac 13. And you can find me at B-Wise Fitness at the letter B-W-I-S-E Fitness. And of course, as always, uh, Damien has his IG back up. Go follow Dame that dude. I'm B-Wise Fitness on everything. And then, of course, the Barry and Mac show. Uh, Bassooner Nation, thank you all for tuning in today. And we will see you soon.